welcome to Pod Almighty, your monthly podcasting masterclass. This is a show that's all about helping you to achieve your podcasting aims with help and advice from us, but more importantly, from the friends, colleagues and experts that we've met along the way. My name's James Marriott. I work full-time in radio for the best part of two decades, and now I help other businesses and individuals to create, launch, grow and develop a successful podcast of their own through my business, Sound Media. And I'm Ellie Codling, former radio producer, music scheduler and programming coordinator, now working as a podcast producer and editor. And we want to put our experience and our contact book to good use helping other podcasters. So today's guest is Rob Wills. Rob has been working with audio for a very long time within audio production and as a radio programmer and presenter. Rob is currently the owner of Loaded Production Music and Fordio, as well as a voiceover artist and head of broadcast at KMFM in Kent in the UK. He's also got to get off in a bit and do his drive time show, so he's a very busy man. So thanks for joining us and taking the time to chat to us today, Rob. So we've asked you to join us today because we're going to explore the use of effects, beds, also bespoke music for your podcast. So first up, tell us more about your work with Loaded Production Music and Fordio. Of course, yeah. So... Um, the podcast scene is obviously massively uh, growing at the moment and and everybody's looking at a way to uh, identify themselves and stand out from the crowd. And that's kind of what Fordio, uh, one of the things that Fordio is about. So my background, as you said, there is in production, mainly in imaging, um, but also kind of running a radio station. So like as you guys have done and, and are doing there tends to be many strings to the bow and when you read out all of the things that I'm currently working on that it always scares me when people do that um <laughs> always scares me so um Fordio is probably a little bit more um aimed at the podcast side of things because it's uh, it's all about licensing with podcasting as well as obviously being creative and, and creating an identity so Fordio was designed uh to create sonic identities for radio for podcasters for streamers for gamers etc uh, whereas Loaded, although we are and do do work with people like Acast um, and uh, Audible, Loaded tends to be used a little bit more in radio and, and TV and film, not more so than podcasts because of the licensing. But um, they're the, the, the two companies, a production music hub of awesome world-class music made by world-class um, production um, geeks and composers and then Fordio is a lot more about brand identity and how we can kind of make an audio version of your brand be that a podcast or be that commercials or be that an entire radio station or a show okay cool you say the differences between licensing in in what respect do you mean like the cost yeah a bit so um loaded is uh loaded is an, what we call an mcps library so it's a mechanical, uh, an MCPS library is, is governed by MCPS here in the UK. And then we have, we're represented by our partners in LA for, for the rest of the, the world, about 64 different countries. So different licenses are cut for, 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 for different people. So although we are uh, loaded as used quite heavily, certainly in America by Facebook and by things like Vice and, and that, um, the licensing for podcasts tends to get a, a it can get expensive so a lot of people tend to kind of go to the the royalties the buyout kind of companies to, to find the music that they need um so as much as we do offer the the licensing for podcasts 
loaded if i'm honest doesn't we don't generate a huge amount of revenue from that and it is a little bit more expensive whereas fordio we actually segregate audio that is made for radio ie you have to have a license for it versus our buyout stuff where it's like you can use that any way you want and you're not going to get any flags on youtube you're not going to get flagged by soundcloud or whatever so yeah the licensing for po- for podcasts is i think it's the terminology that that scares people but ultimately You've got music that generates money versus uh, via performing, and you've got mu- people that generate money by buyouts, and that's the the kind of difference really. So, hence why we have the two the two arms really: one that serves buyout customers, one that serves people that already have those licenses in place for broadcast. Brilliant. That that all makes sense. I I want to I don't want to necessarily dwell on on the kind of the subject of licensing all that much, but I really think it's worth us being quite sort of explicit on this because i still think it's one of those areas that some podcasters maybe don't quite understand and there's some myths i think in podcasting as well about music licensing royalties things like that so let's just be completely explicit on this i'm going to ask you a question that i know the answer to um rob but i think it's worth asking because podcasters do ask this which is you know if i if i just go on the internet search around maybe go on youtube and find a music track that i like you know download it onto my computer or say i've got you know an old cd on my shelf and i really like one of the tracks on on that can i just use that on my podcast no no no. i think (laughs) it's do you know, the funny thing is, I think it's just it's just the industry and, and, and people making comparables. So it would be no different to you going and finding somebody else's image on Google and using it in your advert. You know, you, you wouldn't do that. You know, you you would have to go and find a licensed, you know, licensed stock library or whatever. And then there'll be terms, conditions. So, for example, you wouldn't be able to go and say, right, we're, we're, we're launching a new this new company and we're going to go and put Ollie Merz's face on it. It's like, you know, you can't do that. And in the same way that you can't do that with audio. And I think you're right. But I think the industry is probably overcomplicated it a little bit too. So when people start seeing things like, oh, it's an MCPS library versus a non-MCPS library versus buyout library. How does that work? And what do I need? And, and I guess the safest answer to that question is if you're doing podcasting, you really have got a couple of options. Option one is, you know, from a budget perspective, go and find a buyout library. There are so many out there that are brilliant. And the way that works is people write music for those libraries. Okay. So say us three wrote for that library and we're subscribing to that for a hundred dollars a year. And each of us have written 30 tracks each. All three of us are going to get a three-way split. And that's kind of how that works. Whereas if you took something from loaded, my, my writers are waiting for, flags on radio or tv to then be paid for that now it is also worth adding to that the technology and this isn't this isn't scaremongering but like ellie and james you'll remember this from radio station days where you would you'd receive a cd through the post and it's like oh it's the new track from whoever and look you know what it's got your your name is encrypted into the file and like yeah it's watermarked and i don't know how how many of them actually were but nowadays, I, I've got in front of me now on another tab, I've got a screen where every single one of my tracks has got an individual inaudible watermark. And I see every single play for every single second on every single TV and radio station around the world. 
that flags on YouTube, that'll flag on SoundCloud, on MixCloud. We monitor everything. So it, it isn't maybe the uh, where people would go, oh, I'll get away with that like 10 second bit, like we know. Um, anything after kind of like two or three seconds, we, we, we've, we've caught it. So it's really important that people get it right because it, it isn't just about you as a podcaster. It's also about me as a, as a publisher and me as a writer. You know, you, you're ultimately um, stealing music. That's, that's what it is. And I think that's, it scares some people and then it puts them off of using music, which is the wrong answer because we want people to be using it. We, you should be using it. It's, it's what makes things great and memorable and gives you a brand. Uh, but it's also just being mindful and respectful that, you know, that music hasn't just appeared. Somebody has crafted that. So let's make sure that we are going a little bit further to make sure it's the right thing to, to be using in the right way. Yeah. Absolutely. Just to kind of add to that, so all these kind of rumours that that always kind of do the rounds in podcasting, there's no such thing as fair use. There's no such thing as if you use less than ten seconds of a of an actual published song that makes it all right. There's no such thing as well. It's it's more than X years old, therefore it's all right to use it. Or if I use a cover version, then it's all right. Basically, if if you're not going out there and sourcing it from someone who is specifically making it for a podcast, then it's probably not going to be all right. So I, I mean, I don't think we need to go on about the legal stuff, but I do still think that there's people that fall foul of, of that. And it's such a shame because there's so much help and information out there and so many places now whereby you can actually kind of get music made or, or, or buy stuff that's specifically for um, for podcasts. Changing on to a slightly different tack key, here, here Rob. Sorry. Sorry, James, to interrupt you. That the, key, the key thing is ask if you're not sure. Yeah. Because you know, I have that conversation. I have more conversations that end in, hey, listen, this isn't going to be right for you and here's why. Then we have conversations where it ends on people going off and, and, and spending substantial money with us because you know, certainly me and, and most people I know that work in this industry would be upfront and honest with you and just go, listen, this isn't quite right or why don't you try here or go and do this. I had a conversation the other day with a, a producer friend of mine who was making ads for podcasts and he was like, well, you know, I'd, I'd just love to use, I'd love to use Loaded. And I was like, I'd love for you to use Loaded as well, but it's just not going to work because here's the rate card for you to be able to use this. It's just financially not really going to work for you. So here, look, have a look at these other sites. And I think, you know, if you're talking to the right people who are willing to help you, you you'll find that advice, you know, without accidentally treading on landmines. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so look, look at coming at this from a different sort of angle then. What makes good music for podcasts? Because you hear lots that kind of have like, you know, slightly rocky music and then ones that have kind of dancey music. And then sometimes I do hear podcasts that have kind of an intro track that's got a little bit of singing going on in the background. And sometimes I'm not sure if that might interfere a little bit with the host's voice. So in, in your mind, what, what makes kind of good good style music for a, for a podcast? So I think the way I certainly have always been taught and mentored to brand things is, is, is to start with the end in mind. So, you know, for example, if it was a, a sports podcast or if it was a romance podcast or a, you know, something like serial, I love serial. It's one of my favorites, it's my go-to podcasts for long drives. Really think about what you're trying to achieve because music is, is there to set a mood and help you tell a story. And the same deal with sound design and transitions and all that kind of thing is to really think about what you're trying to do. If, if you're trying to tell a love story and you're um, smashing out thrash metal, it's probably 
not gonna work for you in the same way that if you're trying to do a real like gritty pop or rock kind of thing and you're using r&b you know you've really got to think about what you want it to to sound like and and, and one of the ways that i kind of do that is when i'm working with clients is to really understand the demographic that they're talking to um, this is all stuff you guys will know from radio like understanding the demographic that you're talking to understanding what 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 you're actually going to be delivering in that episode as well because although there are themes and there are intros and there are like show starters you know think about how you can use m music to set the mood and set the scene and so the answer to that question james i guess is to really think about all of those things consider you know who's going to be listening and how consider the length of the podcast i know that sounds crazy but if you're doing quite a lengthy podcast and you're using quite aggressive music then you are running the risk of what we call in radio fit listener fatigue where if you're if you're cracking like quite aggressive music out underneath it all it might seem a bit much if you're using that for too long and when you're thinking about when people are tuning into your podcast you want to try and get into the action as quick as possible uh, the same way that we would do in, in radio land or even tv land you know it's um it's just about really trying to think about the audio version if you were to ask for a graphic for that show what would it look like and then let's see if we can make an audio representation of that graphic or if it was just to be if it was film or movie you know what music would you use behind that to complement not to distract or to uh, i guess get in the way or, or be overbearing so the positioning of music is just as important really isn't it where do you see music fits in podcasts at the beginning at the end how would you use it rob i i think music again it's, it's got to be used in the right places and, and there'll be some podcasts there'll be some stuff that we we edit and we we uh we create where it'll be used throughout all there'll be some stuff that will be will be sparingly used i mean i always think about i can i can never remember who it was there was there was somebody in the radio industry that won a sony gold award once and they entered a cd i mean so it must have been a while ago they entered I'm a say, CD. going back now aren't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> They, um, they entered a CD of silence oh. and, and their, their point was never under never underestimate it and that won a Sony it won a Sony and and I th mm. being mindful of I think it was a Sony or a New York because I remember thinking oh, I just should have sent a blank CD in. <laughs> 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 um, you know think about think about it think think about silence as even a piece of audio and I think people forget that so for me intros i love an intro i always have done uh, the bigger the sexier the better but also on, on the flip side of that you know you've only got to look at some of the really spectacular podcasts out there at the moment that are doing really wonderful things and, and growing audiences to see how simplistic some of it is i did a job um uh, maybe three years ago now with uh with tim peak the astronaut mm. where i recreated the sound of the space station in binaural audio if you guys come across this no so it's like it's 360 sound so it isn't just the stereo you know it, it really is if you get nauseous if you get like a little bit of motion sickness which i do it was horrendous to mix i was doing like 30 minute segments and having to take a break but you know thinking about not only like what that music is and where it is but where you're placing it and, and what level are you placing it at and the, the one thing for me that drives me nuts with podcasts is people and this this might be a little bit technical but it's really easy to learn is where the frequencies sit 
in the music that you're using. When you're when you're doing a talk piece, if you if you took up like a graphic equalizer, if anybody's using anything like I Ozone or any of the Adobe Audition uh, plugins, you'll, you'll you'll see it. Pro Tools, I use Cubase. They're they're all in there somewhere. Is to actually listen to where your voice hits in a frequency band, and and normally it's like kind of between one and three k kilohertz is where your voice is. You you find podcasters for some reason sometimes end up like cranking the music to in that level as well and then there's this horrible mush and clash and it becomes quite grating and so like when i'm making podcast stuff and lengthy speech pieces i really think about carving out some of the frequencies in the music i'm using not just turning it down and thinking about whether it could be a little bit wider does it need to be a little bit if there's a group chat prime example this you know I, I can see james you've got your ear pods in ellie you're probably on a usb mic or a condenser mic and and i've been lazy and i'm just using my macbook <laughs> microphone everybody's going to sound completely different and everybody's in different rooms so uh, without naming them but i guess you could all guess who they were we ended up doing a podcast with one of the biggest girl groups in the world at the moment one of them was in a hotel one of them was in a kitchen uh, and the other one was what sounded like she was in a bedroom so you end up getting a load of different room sounds as well so it's like just being mindful again end in mind who's listening to it where are they listening to it on so if they're on overheads earphones or they're out speakers or whatever you start pumping music that's clashing with all of those frequencies that are already going mad now most people just go uh i'm not going to put music under that which isn't the right thing to do the right thing to do is just to try and find something that carries it that might be a little bit more minimal that you're just being mindful of all of those different frequencies that potentially could be clashing and causing a bit of a not a bad listener experience but subconsciously a bad listener experience does that link then to kind of an issue that I sometimes see when I listen to podcasts, which is basically, I think, just overproduction, which is people that I I kind of think of, of people that are maybe trying too hard to sound what they think like the radio sounds like, but actually it's like what the radio sounded like probably 25 years ago, but where you get lots of sound effects and, and just lots and lots of production that's thrown into a show that... I mean, to me, probably feels like it doesn't really need to be. Yeah, there. people get excited with the old wishes, the whizzes and the bangs, the name. But again, I, I, I did a blog about this, not exactly this, but I did a blog about this on Fordio a couple of weeks ago where I was talking about referencing. And I, it's really super important, you know, um, and people see referencing as you're ripping off other people's ideas. And, I, and that's not what I mean. What I mean is exactly what you just said there, James. Like, if you want it to sound like a radio thing, if you if you want it if you've got this idea in your head of what you like get some audio and drag it into your session so as i said i'm a cubase boy i use pro tools and i use adobe audition as well but whatever door you guys are working in just drag in some reference points and really listen to it because in your mind if you think about a brand you know like a hit music station for example in your head you're like there's all these whizzes and bangs and stuff but actually when you start really listening you'll see that it isn't. It, it, it's very subtle. It's used to join things. It's used as like complementary. It's not overpowering and overwhelming. And the, the other thing that I hear a lot that, that drives me mad is like people that end up going and putting like loads of reverb on stuff and loads of delays and flange effect. And you're just like, ah, it's, it's it, nothing, you know, nothing sounds like that. So I, again, I think it's, it's thinking about, you know, what you're doing. So if you're making... 
a podcast um, that, that's based around sport. Easy example because I'm a Manchester United fan. I love I love my, my my football podcasts and stuff. And if you listen to what they're using, the effects are actually based around a lot of football sound design. You know, there's the, the clack of a football. There's the net. There's the crowd. There's posts. There's chants. There's stamps. You trying to find those things, which again are all over the internet at really affordable prices that you can factor into music to make your thing sound a little bit more interesting, I think is the way to go. If you were doing a podcast all about dance music, of course you're going to use a little bit more effects. If you were doing a podcast about baking, then you probably want to keep the effects fairly minimal and light. They'll still be there, but it's just about, as I said before, creating an audio version of a brand, of, of, of a picture. And, and I think some people get excited, which is cool because I do. I sit in the studio and make stuff and go, oh, that sounds amazing. And then you listen to it the next day and you go, what were you thinking? Just finding some time to reflect and to reference against other people's stuff, I think is is really important. And there are some incredible producers and amazing work out there that you can you can find with a Google search in like seconds. Yeah, brilliant. And you've been a voiceover guy as well, Rob. Yeah. Do you do many intros for podcasts? Um, you voice many? Yeah, quite a few. Um, What's not, the advantage not, of that, do you think? The advantages of having a voiced intro, that's a good question. Well, first of all, again, it's no different to picking your effects and your music. You know, having me voice something that's all about romance would be a bad idea. Um, but, you know, if you were looking for somebody that was kind of like Soccer Saturday, you know, something cool and blokey, or as you know, Ellie, I still do quite a lot of the, the toy stuff. If you were going for that sound, that'd be great. But if you were, again, going for a baking podcast or you're going for a wrestling podcast, you'd want somebody a bit deeper and lower and darker and growly. So I think it's really important um, because, again, it's an, it's an identity, isn't it? It's, it would be see your show name so your your show name is pod almighty see pod almighty as a black and white logo until you start adding all of the bits around it so you know choosing that voice is going to give you a splash of color choosing some music is going to give you some shapes and some design around it how you're going to use that music might be some of the imagery on the website that goes with it and so, so just see it like you're building an image and an audio image and and that's why as much as people don't like calling it, I did see a podcast, um, a blog about this recently. People don't like calling it imaging anymore. It's audio branding. And it's like, yeah, they're right. It is audio branding. But the reason it was always called imaging is it was it's an audio image of what you're trying to portray. So, yeah, I, I think audio intros are great. Again, you know, be really mindful about who you're picking. You might find sometimes that, that the budget's that you're working within i spoke to the oh i must tell you this story i spoke to this guy recently like recently recently a couple of weeks ago who was telling me the story of a of an audio sound that he wanted to get and he had spent best part of six thousand pounds wow trying to find voices effects and music and he still hadn't got what he wanted really I, I honestly when i spoke to him he, he said to me what advice can you give me and i was like well the first thing before we go any further you need to promise me you're not going to spend any more money <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're mad like you're yeah. mad and it, it turns out it's because he hadn't really thought about it and when i said to him listen start with the end in mind who is who are you talking to what are you trying to do and, and of course when he started explaining it it was like dude you could do this really really cost effectively 
and then setting in your mind what that budget's going to be. You know, whether that's fifty pounds or it's going to be five hundred pounds, you will get what you pay for. There are some real diamonds in the rough if you know how to do production. You know, I always go out and look outside of that voiceover community for new voices and 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 cut some new talent at the same time. But you know, sometimes you need to go and pay the money to get somebody who's going to deliver for you. So intros, yeah, intros and outros. But again, thinking about what they are and why they're there. You know, I've I've made intros that literally I've made one today for a new TV program that we're doing here, and we were looking through it, and it was like, do you know what? It's a three second sting. It isn't a big fanfare. It is literally bang. This is what it is. Show name intro for the person into the content, and it, that that's all it was. Um, so yeah, I think they're important. It's again thinking about how and why. Yeah. Uh, yeah so how about why don't you give us a, an outro to our pod almighty right now oh, God, <laughs> yeah give us give us a give us a line to go out on <laughs> so um okay so start with the end in mind what are you guys trying to do we're well, educating other yep. podcasters right mm-hmm. so you know you might say that you guys are invoking conversation on making podcasts better or you know so that's where i'd start i'd be i'd be thinking about that and then um and then obviously adding a drum and bass track to it because it makes complete sense because <laughs> that's what you love <laughs> but yeah that's that's what i that's what i would be doing i'd be thinking about that and uh and, and and just writing some stuff and and i think actually just on that point really quickly it is amazing how many people forget what powerful writing is like and and words are you know they're uh they're amazing things. And, and if you spend some time really thinking about how you're going to place them and why you're placing them there, you've only got to listen to this intro that, to this podcast that James had written. Um, I assume you've written it, James. This stuff just comes naturally. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. But that's, the, <laughs> that's the key is that you, you can tell stuff that's really well prepped and really well rehearsed and really well thought about. And then you can tell the stuff that's not. And, and you can tell that also within... Uh, within the actual branding the audio branding of uh imaging or intros etc you know really think about what that is and um and, and get writing and, and see see what it looks like the day after the day after then and don't be scared to change it if it's not right you know brilliant no that's brilliant. that's fantastic cheers rob um i mean you've touched on a lot of things there in a way that probably i've never really thought about and that's that's really interesting so um i think you've you've thrown a new perspective on on this whole kind of general area i think for a lot of people so thank you uh, thank you very much thank you for joining us if there is a subject that you would like us to cover at any point on pod almighty or a guest that you think that we should be talking to please do let us know and you can find our previous episodes at podalmighty.co.uk join us every month as we explore the big wide world of podcasting find out more about us at wearesoundmedia.com where you can also get in touch with us and we'll see you soon on pod almighty